Good day, everyone. This is Matt with A Cup of Freedom. Welcome to our Question of the Week episode. We haven't uh, done one of these in a few weeks, so I wanted to, uh, to do one today. This is a more stripped-down version of our regular podcast uh, where we seek to answer a question, questions that come up, questions that uh, have been given to us, or just questions that come along the way. So we're seeking to a- ask a question uh, and, and provide a biblical answer uh, that goes along with our freedom in Christ. And so this question will go perfectly with what we've been talking about in our, our addiction series. So if you've missed been missing the addiction series, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. But the question is, we're going to dive right in. So if, if I'm so good, if I'm so new, then why do I still sin? Why do I still act so bad? Or why do I, you know, whatever... Whatever that may be, right? So if I've been, if I'm so good, if I'm so brand new, if I'm a new creation, then why do I still struggle with these sins? Okay, so we're going to go through this today because we've said from the very beginning that just in my own journey, and I'm going to share some of, some personal thoughts today too of, of of why this is the case too is that is that uh, Christians can still be believing lies. And the core of the answer to this question is that why does why does someone who's a new creation not act new? It's ultimately because we've bought into a lie, even if it's in the moment. We're not understanding our identity. We're not understanding what we have fully in Christ. We're not understanding who we are. We've been deceived, and we've bought into a lie. And then we go to any type of addictive behavior is ultimately based on a lie. It's it's getting our needs, trying to get our needs met, which is a legitimate need met apart from Christ. So for example, for me, feeling unworthy, but then believing that I'm unworthy, I was going to a behavior, not understanding, first of all, that I was new, still believing that I was just a sinner and kind of an addict, and I was just going to be struggling with this this addiction with pornography for the rest of my life, that, well, those are deceptions right there, first of all, but then believing that I was unworthy and then going to a, going to get my worthiness, which is a, a legitimate need, uh, getting that need met through something like pornography because it was never going to reject me. It was always going to accept me. It was always going to be there for me. So using uh, taking that legitimate need and going to a way apart from Christ to meet the need, because these legitimate needs will need to get met. But are we allowing Christ to meet those needs? So, so, uh, and, and the reality was, as a Christian, I didn't know. I, I you, you, again, behavior doesn't change without knowing that you've been transformed, that you've been made new, that you've been fundamentally at the core of who you are changed. That's already happened at salvation. You've already be- been, you've be- already become a new creation. You've already become dead to sin. You've already become alive to God. All these things we've been talking about on our podcast. So why don't we? Why don't so? Why don't many Christians experience freedom in their behaviors? It's because of this. It's we don't believe. I don't. I didn't believe that I had been transformed. I didn't believe that I had been changed. I was still trying to change myself. I was still believing I was lacking something. I was believing I was lacking freedom. I was believing that I was this, you know, this, this you know, loving sin, and and you know, just this was going to be the way it was. I was that's just what I, I was identifying myself by my behaviors. When God wasn't, He was identifying me as a new creation, but I wasn't believing it. I wasn't accepting it. But maybe I, be, yeah, I think I believe that my my sins were forgiven. I guess even though I was living in guilt and condemnation every time I would sin. 
Um, but I did believe in at seven years old that Jesus died for my sins and I would go to heaven someday. So I, I, this wasn't about me not being saved. This was about me not believing. I, I was. I would. I would say I was a Christian who was unbelieving in in certain truths that were already true of me, and that's the truth for many Christians that we're still living in in lies. And and so God wanted to set me free from those lies. But the reality is, is that many don't believe they're dead to sin, that they've been set free from sin. I mean, think about that for a minute. You've been set free from the power of sin. We talked about that, is that you're, you know, a few episodes ago, that you're dead to sin. What does that mean? Well, many Christians don't believe that they're set free from sin and alive to God because they're focused on their behavior. And so what are they doing? We're spending most of our lives trying to overcome these sin patterns. We're trying to become something that we already are. We're trying to become new. We're trying to become free. We're trying to be, you know, die to the old self. All these things have already happened. They've already happened. And we're trying to do the best we can with all those out of our own resources. It's the self-sufficiency. It's the recovery plan. It's the rules. It's the regulations. It's, the, it's all the trying to do right and avoid wrong in all of this. And so a lot of a lot of people after years of trying this especially with when it comes to addictions right it's just this this quiet desperation sets in at some point some just give up it's like well you know screw it this is going to be my lot in life forever uh i keep hearing these maybe these thoughts that that i'm a brand new creation but i'm sure not experiencing it i'm sure not feeling it i'm sure not acting like it and so i you know what are we to do with these feelings again as i said i'm going to share another you know if i i, I began to feel unworthy because i was being rejected uh, especially in my teenage years, being rejected from the opposite sex, I was dealing with that. And here, then this pornography comes in, and I was seeing, oh, well, how, this is what a man's supposed to be. A man's supposed to be able to attract women, and this is how a man's supposed to be able to perform sexually. And I, I couldn't do this. I wasn't going to be able to do this. Women didn't even like me. Want to be? So I thought there was something wrong with me. So these feelings of, well, I, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel valuable. I don't feel acceptable turned into beliefs. And so my emotions were not reflecting truth because those were none of those things were true. I was fully worthy, fully loved, fully accepted, fully pleasing to God, but I didn't know it. And so many Christians don't feel free. They don't feel loved. They don't feel accepted. They don't feel cared for. And, and, and on and on and on it goes. And so they're living in the bondage of these lying beliefs um, and, and addictive behaviors. So the belief that your our feelings are reality, our feelings are truth, which so because so here it is. So because I uh why do I still struggle with sin? Because I'm feeling I'm feeling that I'm still a sinner. I'm believing that I'm still a sinner. If I'm so brand new, then why do I still struggle? And again, remember the struggle doesn't identify who you are. Just the fact that you're struggling with something because the flesh, the power of sin, all these things that you've been set free from are not uh, out of existence. They still are in existence in the world. They're coming at us as opponents, but they're not us. We can still choose to walk by the flesh. We can still choose to give in to the power of sin, but they're no longer us. We've been freed from that, but most of us still believe that that's true of us. I'm still defined by sin. I'm still, I still have the sin identity. I'm still the old man. I'm still alive to sin. And Scripture clearly says, and the Spirit wants to convince you that you're dead to sin. You are brand new. So this is always a belief issue again as is, is if I'm if my if my mind is focused on is my, if my mind has been deceived and it's believing a lie then I'm going to be living out of that lie. And so this is it it's it's the spiritual bondage of of addiction it doesn't it, it it's it's living out of feelings and then it's ultimately living out of beliefs. 
right? And so that's that's just going to be – so if we believe what our feelings are telling them, feelings are real. They're legitimate, yes, but they seldom tell us the truth. Let me say that again. Feelings are real. Feelings are legitimate. God gave them to us, and I've, I did a whole series on emotions too. Uh, so go back to that. But um, but they very seldom tell us the truth. So because I was feeling these in these times and moments of unworthiness, I began to attach that to my belief, and I actually believed, even though it was probably an unconscious belief, uh, a subconscious, not unconscious, sorry, subconscious belief that I was unworthy. I just believed it, and that became that became, began to activate everything in my life of trying to become worthy by doing a bunch of things for God, by going to these behaviors to try to get my worth through pornography and just performance, getting approval from others, all those kind of things. So, um, so here's the thing: um, this this spiritual bondage of addiction it doesn't necessarily it doesn't respond to any type of reason logic because we, if we're deceived, we're living out of that. Okay, it doesn't respond to just trying harder, good intentions. But here's the thing: Christ has done everything that needs to be done. Okay, but here's the thing: we're not going to experience that reality of what has been done by trying harder. Uh, the only way we're going to experience this is by trusting in what has already been accomplished. Not by trying, but trusting. Trusting by faith in who we are in Christ and, and what He's done for us, both for us and in us and to us. Uh, and so what about what about when we, okay, so we're, we're brand new creations, but we still struggle with sin. We, when What happens, what do we do when we fall and fail? Well, I used to, I don't know about you, I used to condemn myself, be, be beat up and beat myself, you know, guilt, shame, condemnation, all that. But there says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So now when I give in to sin, which I still do, which all Christians still do, uh, when I give in to the flesh, when I give in to the power of sin, then my response is, that's not who I am. That's foolishness. That's not that. That's, I'm much more aware now because I'm not focused on sin and defeating sin. I'm focused on my righteousness, my identity, my holiness. That's not a prideful thing. That's a that's a renewing of the mind that is believing truth of what's actually happened to me. It's not a puffing myself up. It's a recognizing what Jesus accomplished. And so if we, if we uh, have fallen into the deception that we're still dirty, rotten sinners, then we're going to be still continuing to go in that direction. And the enemy is always going to remind us and accuse us and condemn us and say, oh, well, see, look at you. The old man's not dead. The, you know, look, at, look at what you're doing. You're not really a new creation. You're not really dead to sin. Uh, and it's so easy, so easy to believe that because we're looking at our track record. We're looking at what we're doing and not doing. And again, if we're believing that lie, and he takes advantage of those when we when we fall and have a misstep, and then we plunge, it plunges us all the way back into sometimes. For those of you that are on an addiction cycle, or a flesh cycle, or whatever, that's that's what it does. Oh man, I, I screwed up again. This was just going to be my lot in life. And so here's the reality, though. What changed in that moment? Well, nothing changed. You're still a new creation, but you gave in to the deception. You thought that, well, this is the only way I'm going to give into this. This is the only thing. This is the, this is the way to meet my needs. I really I need this. You bought into the lie. Any addictive behavior is based on a lie. It's a lying belief. That's the core. If you just write that down right there, any fleshly addictive behavior is based on a lie that you're going to, it's getting your needs met in an illegitimate way. It's getting your needs met apart from Christ. And so you're no longer in that moment living in the truth. You're still in Christ, okay? You're not losing your salvation. You're not losing anything that you have, but you're not ex- going to experience it because in your mind, you've stepped out of reality into fantasy. 
that's that was the, that was definitely defined me because I was like, well, this is this is not this is who I am. I'm just going to struggle with this pornography addiction for the rest of my life. I couldn't. I didn't believe I was a new creation. So the spirit was faithful. He still continued to remind me, continued to renew my mind to the truth of who I was, and I'm so glad he did. And so. So the question comes then, so what do we do? Again, we, we, our focus is to return to the truth. When you engage in, the, in the, those actions, when you give in to the temptation, uh, it, it's, it's not your true identity. It's not who you are. It's to recognize, oh, man, that's not who I am. I'm a beloved child of God. I'm fully holy, fully righteous, fully loved by Him. It's, it's, it's Romans 6.11. I count myself dead to sin, alive to God. I, the proper response when we choose to give in to sin is to thank God for His forgiveness and turn from sin. You want a, you want a plan or a system for, for the next time you, you give in to pornography or give in to sin or whatever? Here's your plan. Thank God for forgiveness. For, here's not what to do. Here's what not to do, sorry, is not to condemn yourself, not to believe the lie of the enemy that you're no good, rotten, dirty, you're just a sin-loving, whatever. No, it's to focus on truth, thank God for His forgiveness, and turn from it. There you go. There's your simple plan. You, you want a recovery plan? There it is. There it is. And, and so it's because because this behavior, this behavior that you're going to is not really who you are. Again, you your behavior doesn't determine your identity. Your new birth in Christ does. People will disagree with me. I've had people that have... have argue with me about that. You know, this talking about freedom in Christ is not fully accepted by a lot of people. It just isn't. It's tough. The, the more we, sometimes because religion die hard, dies hard, these lies die hard for a lot of people. And these are Christians that are that are coming at me with some of this. And so, you know, when you what do you mean you're dead to sin? Oh, look at what I'm doing. All this kind of stuff. So, so if free, freedom is is challenging to talk about from the standpoint of it's going to meet resistance because even a lot of Christians, as I was, didn't believe I was fully free. And so, so what do we do when we when we choose to give in to sin? We have to remember our identity. Remember that the core of who we are, we've been made brand new. And Romans six eleven says, "Count ourselves dead to sin and alive to God." That's another action step you can you can take because if you believe the truth then you're going to live according to the truth. Okay? But if you're still believing a lie, you're going to live according to that. Okay? So that's all that's all sin is or going after the flesh or giving into temptation. It's trying to meet this need, whatever that need is. So if you're trying to manage your behavior, here's a really good thought. Instead of trying to manage the behavior, go to the root need. What is the root need? Because I always thought pornography was my problem, but when I realized that I was actually using pornography as the solution to my problems, that's when a real freedom discovery happened for me. Let me say that again. I always thought pornography was my problem, but when I I actually realized that I was using pornography as a solution to my problems, that's what it is for so many guys. It's the coping. It's the escape. It's the medicating. It's the pleasure. It's the self-soothing. It's become the way that we deal with stress in life or try to get comfort or pleasure or escape. It's the way we've just dealt with pain in our lives. And so it's, 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 I've, I've heard other people uh, call it, uh, like it's like a pacifier. You know, the little toddlers are using the pacifier to comfort. They're, they're crying, and all of a sudden the, the mom sticks the pacifier in their mouth. Right? It's like, it's like, it's like that's, that was me. 
I didn't know how to deal with pain, so porn became my pacifier. Porn became my self-soothe, my escape, my all of that. So when you think of it that way, that you're actually using pornography, if that's if that's your struggle, you're using pornography, whatever the flesh is, is actually put that in there. You're using that as the solution to your problems. It's not. It's it, and yeah, it becomes your problem. It becomes a problem. But you're actually when you see it that way. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I'm actually, that's all That's all this giving into this sin is. It's trying to meet a need. You're trying to meet a legitimate need that you've been given for acceptance. What, what is it? That you're not good enough. So you go to the flesh. So so the workaholic uh, works, works really, really hard, really, really long because he's going to get a need met for acceptance and worth and value through working really hard. That's the only way he knows how to find his identity. So he's going after the fleshly pattern of workaholism to meet a legitimate need instead of finding that need met in Christ. Only God can meet those needs of worth, value, and acceptance. It's the perfectionist. It's the shopaholic. It's the one who can't control their eating. It's whatever the flesh pattern is, right? We've mentioned some of the more destructive ones, but there's also some of the ones, some of the more ones that are not, some are applauded. It's the, it's the religious person who's trying to earn, earn their worth and their value and acceptance from God based on what they're doing to serve God or for God. That's another really tricky one, right? And that's all anything apart from faith is and trusting in God is is living out of another source. It's living out of another source. And so we've we've noted all kinds of ways that I mean, you can think of all the more maybe more destructive ways of drugs and alcohol and sex and all that, but but there's a lot of other ones like money, status, busyness, perfectionism, workaholic, they're all counterfeits. And they lead people into addictive. Have you ever thought about someone who could be addicted to shopping or addicted to workaholism or addicted to busyness? I mean, we don't think about these, but they, they develop into strongholds in our lives because they're flesh patterns that we're going to meet the needs. So if you're dealing with, and that's what we talk about here, if you're dealing with pornography, you're going to it ultimately. It may have started out as a curiosity like it did for me, but you're going to it to get a legitimate need met apart from Christ. What was that need for me? That need for me was worth, was value, was acceptance. When I realized that only Christ could meet those at the deepest core and he already had, whoa, talk about a change. I realized I could outgrow, kind of like a toddler outgrows the pacifier, eventually he doesn't need the pacifier. He doesn't need it, he outgrows it. I I outgrew my need for porn because I didn't need it anymore. I realized I had everything I needed in Christ. And sure, I still have other flesh patterns. Other flesh patterns in my life that I struggle with. I still sometimes struggle with the performance and approval. The enemy knows how to trip me up and still tempt me in those areas. I still struggle at times with those flesh patterns that have tripped us up in the past. For me, it was identity. It was worth and value. Are still The enemy knows our, our weak areas, and he's going to come at us with that. He knows yours too. And so uh, he knows that. Um, and the reality is, is that when we choose to give in to those, we know that they're they're going to lead to death. They're going to lead to frustration. They're going to, but the enemy's going to come in again. He's going to accuse. All he can do to you is accuse you and lie to you. And but if you buy into it, you go, oh, you're going to you'll never get it right. You'll never be free. You know, just look at you. Just look at you. You just must be. You call yourself a Christian. You call yourself a a leader. You call yourself a husband and a father. Whatever you you. And 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 the thing is, the truth is, we actually already do have it together. We already are brand new. We already are free. We already all have everything we need in Jesus. But we believed a lie that we don't. We believed a lie. So why do we still struggle with sin? Because if I'm so good, then why do I? 
act this way, it's because I'm still believing a lie. And, and it could be even in the moment. I think I have this, I have this need come up. And in the moment, instead of trusting God, I've trusted, instead of trusting his love and care that he's meeting my need in that moment, I'm going to the flesh. I'm going to the power of sin. I'm going to the ways I've coped with this as the solution for my problem my whole life. And so we ha- we have the response. We're still, we're choosing. We're choosing this. But the, the choice is not to try harder, suck it up, man up, grit your teeth, trying not to sin, focusing on all. No. It's definitely it definitely can help to be to recognize the need that we're going to to get filled. That can definitely be a big factor, but also that we need to know <laughs> and believe the answer is believing the truth about what Christ has accomplished. That you're dead to sin, and Christ is your life, and He is your source, and He has done everything necessary, and you have all the resources that you need to live in the peace and the freedom and the joy and and the newness of who you are now. It's the example I've used before of the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. The caterpillar eventually metamorphosizes into a butterfly. The butterfly is flying around just thinking, wow. But we don't tell the butterfly. The butterfly doesn't doesn't think to himself, oh man, I really wish I could go back to crawling and being the, the, the worm again. No, you're the new creation. You're the butterfly. You're flying. You're like, wow, look at this. I'm flying up here. And that's the same that's true for us. We in Christ are new creations who are meant to fly. But if we still believe we're just a dirty worm that's crawling around, then that's what we're going to go to. We're going to act like that. And the reality is, is that that's just, if we believe that, we're still going to go in that direction. So God wants to renew our minds because the truth is, we can, we have the choice to be able to set our minds. Romans eight five and six. I'm going to read some scriptures here at the end. But if we if we set our minds on the things of the flesh, then we're, that's going to result in death. So we have a choice to set our minds. We're in the spirit, but we get a, cho- a choice to choose to set our minds on the flesh or the spirit. But it says there, but if we set set our minds on the things of the spirit, it will result in life and peace. So we get a choice to choose our minds to set our minds on the spirit or the flesh. And it says, um, and we can't, tr- we can't trust our feelings, ultimately, really. We need to recognize them. We need to have awareness. We need to realize that our feelings are pointing to something deeper, which is probably a thought and a belief that may not be true. That's what our feelings are doing. It's like the dashboard of your soul. Think of that, like the dashboard of a car. When that light comes on, check oil, change oil. Guess what? Something's going on. If you don't handle something inside, something's going to happen. It's the same way with our emotions. It's a, it's the dashboard of our soul saying, you know what? You might be believing a lying belief here because this is how you're reacting, responding, believing. We can't we can't always we can't trust our we can't trust our thoughts a lot of times because they're they're the enemy's lied to us and we and we've so we we need to be able to trust our heart. That's what I want to say. We need to be able to trust our heart because we've been made brand new at the core. We actually can trust our hearts. I know you've heard you've heard that said that you can't trust your heart because you're, if you believe your heart's still dirty or rotten or the old man or part good, part bad, well, then, of course, you're going to believe you can't trust your heart. But you've been made new, and Christ lives in your heart. The enemy's lied to you. The enemy lied to me. The, the, the power of sin lied to me. The flesh lied to me because all of it was me trying to be good enough and I already I didn't realize I was already good enough in Christ. Wow, think about that for a minute. All these things we're going to are for us trying to be good enough, trying to get something. And Christ says, you've already got it. You already are good enough in me. I say you're good enough right now because you're in me and I'm in you. Wow. 
I want to read uh, this from Romans 8, 9 and 14. You know, um, this is really our, you know, our response to all of this is not to wage war against the, uh, against our bodies. It's not to, you know, that people have done this. It's not to wage war against the flesh, the power of sin. No, the Spirit of God in us is the only one that can defeat any of those anyway. It's to realize that something's already been done. So how, what do we do? We, we realize this is, this is a really great scripture, Romans 8, 9 through 11. It tells us, well, it says, you are not in the flesh anymore, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. There you go. The Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Okay, so then, so then we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. This is an incredible truth. Your feelings are telling you that you're in the flesh. Your feelings are telling you that you're just nothing more than a sinner. But guess what? The truth is that we are in the Spirit. Christ is in you. And when it just says that the though the body is is dead, that's just meaning that the, this temporal shell that we're living in is is dying. The Spirit of God lives in you. you in other words, God's going to give life to your mortal body through His Spirit. We've got life, the life of Christ in us. So what do we do? We're to live by faith. We're to set our minds on the Spirit. And, and, and we get to choose whether to put to death the deeds of the flesh, the deeds of the body, the deeds that are there. We get to, we get, because we're child, we're children of God. We're sons of God. It says that we're sons of God. We're not the son of God. No, that's Jesus. We're the sons of God. Little s. We're part of his family. Wow, all, all of this is not something for us to try to figure out or to try to do. It's ultimately just we believe it. We can choose to believe it. It's to be aware and God for God to convince you to believe that God is, has done everything necessary and that he will continue to reveal truth to you so that you know how new you are in Christ. You don't have to live in bondage to the flesh. You don't have to live in bondage to these addictions. You can choose to live according to the Spirit because you have been given life in Him and He is your source and He lives in you. You know, when you became a Christian, you probably understood that your sins were forgiven, that you are going to get to go to heaven someday, but you didn't probably maybe understand all that happened to you in this new identity. That you're now and this new identity gives can give you a totally different attitude towards sin. So instead of trying to focus on it, instead of trying to still believe that you are a sinner, that you're still trying to believe that your identity is in sin, a dog can bark like a dog. You can bark like a dog all day long, but that doesn't make you a dog. You're still a new creation. The butterfly isn't going back to being the caterpillar. The butterfly is the butterfly. Sometimes, yes, we'll lapse into old patterns. We'll lapse into the flesh. We'll lapse. We'll give into the. We will. But now we can recognize that's that's foolishness. That's not who we are. That's why knowing our identity is so important. Because we know who we are. We know that, you know, we struggle because we bought into the lie in that moment. We didn't trust Christ for that need that we had in the moment. That's all it was. And we simply can recognize that. We can we can say thank you, God, that I'm fully forgiven. Thank you, God, for my new identity, and turn from it. And we turn from the flesh, and we turn from, and we turn to something better, which is Christ in us. 
so important to see see ourselves how God sees us, to know and believe truth of what God has done, what he's accomplished, um, because you've become the butterfly. I'm going to end with this. You've become the butterfly, and you're, you're made to fly, and I know that sometimes you don't feel like you're flying, and you just... You just feel like you are the caterpillar. You're the dirty worm, and, and, and that's just who you are. It's not true. God has created a brand new you, a brand new creation. A brand new creation. It's so freeing to understand who you are, who we are in Christ. It's so freeing to understand just how God made me into this new creation butterfly. It's so freeing. I would no longer was the, was the worm, had to live as the worm. I, uh, I, it, it just, uh, and I'm not trying to say that just because I knew my identity that I've lived a completely sinless life. No, but my goodness, has it has it set me free to understanding who I am, who God is, what He's done to me, what He's accomplished both in and to me. Um, and so now, when I when I do give into those fleshly patterns, I can recognize it and see it more. I can see that it's not about me trying to fight harder and try harder, but it's me recognizing who I am in Him. I'm still the butterfly, but I, sometimes I chose to give in to the lie in that moment, but I'm still the butterfly. I'm still the new creation. Same is true for you. Same is true for you. You're a saint who sometimes gives in to the flesh. You're a saint. You're a holy, righteous, blameless, justified child of God who sometimes believes the deception of the enemy and lives out of the flesh, and lives out of the power of sin, and gives into the temptation. That's, that is a reality. This is not about denying that we still struggle with sin. This is not saying that we don't have struggles and addictive fleshly flesh patterns. not about that at all. But it's ultimately about recognizing what Christ has fully accomplished, both in us, for us, to us, because that's the truth. You're a saint. You're a new creation. You've got the righteousness of Christ in you. All of this has been given to you. Your identity is determined by your new birth in Christ, not your behavior. The butterfly doesn't want to crawl in the mud anymore. The butterfly doesn't want to crawl at all. You're meant to fly. So fly, new creation. As you begin to see yourself as God sees you, as you begin to agree with Him and, and the Spirit convinces you this is true, those flesh patterns just don't have the same impact they once did. Yeah, they're still going to be around. The flesh is not going away until we're with Jesus. But they don't provide what they once did because you're tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. You're recognizing and trusting God with all of this, and you're realizing that He is your life, and that just tastes so much better because you're trusting Him, and you're drinking from the living water, and you're eating from the bread of life because He is your life, and you're realizing that His life in you is what you really wanted all along anyway. Because he's given you these new desires. He's given you these new uh, wants and passions. And you really don't want to sin. You want to live as the new creation. You want to live as the butterfly. So go forth today. Go forth today. Thanks for listening. Go forth today and live as the butterfly that you are in Christ because that's who you are. So thanks for joining us today on this question of the week. We really appreciate it. Uh, please reach out to us. We do offer one-on-one coaching. We also have our new devotional book, Free Indeed, available now, so check that out. Uh, and as we say here on this podcast, come as you are and find freedom. We'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.